Father, we just thank you for your word and, Lord, for your spirit. Lord, I just ask today that you just come and dwell among us, Lord. And, Father God, we confess this morning that you are our God. We are your people, Father. We belong to you. There's, there's that ownership, but it's a family thing that you love us so much that you sent Jesus. Lord, I just pray this morning, Father God, as we come around your word, Lord, and communion, that there'll just be an amazing transformation in our lives, Father God, and understanding will come of who we are in Christ Jesus. And I just thank you for it right now. Amen. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a foreign land before. Um, actually, there's a young man up the front here called Nick. He's just been in China and He's going over there to work and there's so many things happening over there that you've got no idea what what it is. I, I don't know, if you go to Singapore maybe, perhaps you might take some chewing gum on the plane and you could walk down the street and all of a sudden get in trouble for having chewing gum. It's like a banned substance. You'd be like, what? You know, this this is banned? You mean we're not allowed to have it? One of the things about living in a foreign land is you have no idea what the laws of that land are. And it might be even when you're at school or work, go to a new place, there's always this one person, it seems, that you can ask, what are we meant to do here? What's the rules around here? How are we meant to act? Or that person, the same person might see you doing something and go, whoa, whoa, stop doing that. If you keep doing that, you're going to get in big trouble. There's some danger on your horizon, so to speak. And... This morning, I just really, there's two things I want to do. One is just talk about listening to the Spirit of God, okay? Being led by the Spirit of God. Because in many ways, the Holy Spirit is like that person that's in that place, that's in that foreign land that, that shows you what God's laws are. In fact, the Bible says that he has now written his law in our heart. And it's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that shows us the will of God in our life, not only just in obedience, but just also in everyday decisions that we make. It's the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, that leads us and guides us. And so he's like that person that says, hey, listen, you shouldn't be doing that. Or the person that says, that's great, this is a decision you should make. In other words, he unfolds what God has for your life to you. And yet, so many Christians will live their Christian life devoid of understanding, devoid of this power, this understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit of God because they misunderstand what Christianity is all about. It's like, I will come to a foreign land because let's just face it, the Bible says we were all of the kingdom of darkness. Before we received Jesus Christ as our saviour, our father was Satan. Well, that's a bit heavy, Neil. Yeah, it is heavy and it's scary. But the good thing is now that I've been moved into a different kingdom, the kingdom of light that belongs to God, when I have accepted Jesus Christ as my saviour, I was translated from this kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The problem is that all my understanding, all the rules, the regulations, the, the way I live my life, whether it was in disobedience or whether it was just out of a, a moral code that I had, guide the decisions that I make in this new kingdom. And this is so dangerous because what it is, it's like me going and saying, right, um, 
let's just do drugs, for example. In Australia, in many states, you're allowed to have drugs for your own personal use. So what I'd say is, okay, I'm just going to translate this law and I'm going to go over to Bali. And I'm going to walk through customs and I'm going to have my bag of marijuana on, on me because I have no fear. That's all right. The law that I live by right now says that I can carry it and it's just for personal use. No harm to anyone. Well, guess what? I'm facing the death penalty when I get to that country because I have no understanding of what that law is. I'm living in a way that that is disobedient to the law of that country. And in the same way, many Christians struggle in their Christian life. You'll see them, they'll they'll get saved, but it's almost like they've never been saved. They've been healed, but they haven't been made whole. They've come to a knowledge of salvation, but the actual acting out of the kingdom of God in their life is so devoid, they're walking around in darkness still. It's like their minds have never been renewed to who God is, what he wants for your life, how he loves you so much, how he wants to prosper you and protect you, how he wants to interact with you how he wants the Holy Spirit to fill you and show you the paths of life instead of the paths of death. And so you see Christians that are miserable, that are struggling with their Christian life, their Christian walk, trying so hard to do the right thing, but never listening to the Spirit of God that is being placed in their heart. Never once submitting to that voice, the voice inside of them, whether it's of of not knowing or misunderstanding, whatever it is. And when we're starting to talk about relationships that we have, we talk about God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, how the cross was the the point that we come to, that we know that God has now loved us because the Bible says we know he loved us because he sent Jesus to die. We don't need any more proof than that. We don't need to be walking in his blessing right now. We just know that Jesus Christ died for us and that is all the proof that we need that God loved us. That's it. That is the proof. If there's nothing more, if if my life from receiving Christ to death was miserable, I know God loved me because he sent Jesus. But I'm sure that is not how it's meant to be. Because you see, when we enter into that kingdom, it talks about the kingdom of God having no end. It talks about the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed. It's thrown to the ground and out of that seed grows a tree that is so big and beautiful. It has branches that will provide shelter for people. It has a place that people can come and nest or birds will come and nest. Speaking of this, that those that are homeless now find a home. The ones who are out without shelter now find a place to rest and have refuge. And the kingdom of God is like that. And if it's not growing in our life, there is something wrong. There is something wrong and and sometimes we're just walking around not grabbing hold of the fullness of the kingdom of God because we just walk in ignorance. As the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, for lack of understanding of what God is really like. And you might be starting a Christian walk and you're going, well, this isn't everything. I'm looking at something in the Word of God, but I can't really see it happening in my life just yet. Can I just encourage you to keep going? 
because you see a tree does not get to maturity overnight. And this is one of the things that God really spoke to me during the week. He was saying, you're pursuing these things. You know they're true because you've read them in the Word of God. You know they're true. You know they're right. And you've been pursuing them. And you think, why isn't it happening? Seed takes time to grow. Trees take time to bud. The buds take time to flower. The flower takes time to set. The fruit takes time to mature in your life. But that is the kingdom of God where it starts to grow inside of you and it transforms and changes every single part of who you are because that's what God's word does. And God in his great mercy called it seed. He showed us the principle that it's a seed going into your life because seed grows. If you said the tree of the word enters your life, it wouldn't work because it's a seed that comes in and it starts to grow and you cannot give up. You have to pursue after the things of God. You have to understand that God's word is true and keep believing it and keep believing it until you get breakthrough. And the good thing about as you mature in Christ, you look back and you see, wow, this has actually come to pass in my life. This has come to pass because the seed has had time to grow and blossom in your life. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us by God, and I'm going to talk about that actually secondary to what I'm going to talk about today. But Christians, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. If we are not led by the Spirit of God, our life will be a mess because of one of two reasons. Number one, we will be doing all the things we do because we think it's a legalistic requirement that, that we are required to do There's no heart to it, but it's like, I need to do this. And sometimes at the own peril of our own self. And the other way is we walk in such disobedience and and what we think is liberty to the slavery of sin that the Spirit of God has no place to give voice to our life at all. And we have such freedom. We have such freedom in Christ. In Romans 5, verse 1, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. So make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Romans 5, we'll skip over to living by the Spirit's power because this is where your life will change. Do you know why there's no condemnation to those that walk after the things of the Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit totally agrees with God the Father. The Holy Spirit totally agrees with the Word of God. (coughs) And at the same time makes the Word of God alive to us and a powerful force in our life. So I'm going to read from, sorry, I was reading from Galatians beg your pardon guys you're all confused no doubt we're going back to Romans in a minute Galatians 5 so I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants (coughs) and the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature's desire These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, 
You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Read that and think about that. You see, the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, every Christian, from the time we are saved, the Holy Spirit enters us. But what about the fullness (coughs) of the Spirit in our lives? There is something amazing here that God starts to talk about. He's saying, you've got a nature, a sinful nature, that, that is opposite to what the Spirit of God wants. But you also have the Spirit of God living inside of you. <coughs> it's going to be a struggle. And the Spirit of God speaks to our spirit. The spirit man who is born again, this, this real you that lives inside this earth suit, the spirit of your man is actually clean and whole and righteous and wants to follow after God. But yet, because you're in a foreign land, your mind is still wrapped up in the old world. It's like the things that I used to do, the thought patterns I used to have are still present and they need to be changed. In fact, the Bible tells us to be transformed by renewing your mind. It still thinks wrong. It says to bring every thought into captivity. The things that oppose God, the things you think, they're meant to be brought into captivity to what? To the Word of God. It says that our flesh desires. Thanks, Bob. (laughs) The flesh desires things. And you know that's true because the flesh works on feelings. It works on emotion. (coughs) What feels good to me right now? And if I start to follow after that, what feels good, I will ultimately be trapped by the pleasure that it fleetingly gave me. But there's another way that we have to live as Christians, and this is the way that you'll have victory over everything else in your life. It's to walk by the Spirit. In fact, when you start to walk by the Spirit, the things that you're feeling guilty of right now are going to change. And these are the things the obligation to do what others want you to do, the obligation to look good, the pressure to show a certain way of life that you're not really living, or that move to holiness. That's the first way. Where we are looking at our life and thinking, wow, I'm just not good enough. You know, I'm under pressure and things are really hard and, And I've missed one church this month. I'm such a sinner. I'm so guilty. Because what we're doing is starting to go towards the expectations of man. And I would say, don't miss church if if you can avoid it. But there are times when the Spirit of God will talk to you and tell you to do things that seem contrary to everything else. And if I make every decision based on a legal obligation, sometimes it's just not going to work. As God said to those in the Old Testament, he said, listen, you're coming to me with your sacrifice. You're coming to me with your praise and and you're following every letter of the law. But he said, you haven't got justice and you haven't got mercy. And so your offerings 
are a stink to me. I don't like them. And as a Christian, we're meant to be freed from that obligation. We see it in giving. How many people will give money? And it's grudgingly because they think, well, this is what I have to do. You don't. You really don't. You don't have to give one cent to this church. You don't have to give one cent to the poor people. You don't have to. If your heart is wrong and you're not giving because you're saying, well, I have to do this, it's not fair and I'm under pressure and and all these financial problems are here, well, guess what? Maybe God's actually going to say to you, don't give this week. In fact, Jesus addressed the Jews, the Pharisees that were there, and he said, you've got this law where the Bible says, honour your father and mother. You need to look after them and not neglect them. And yet, you've got these other laws that are man-made that you've made a vow that I'm going to give this money to God. And so your parents go hungry. They go without food. They go without hospital care. They go without the true love, justice and mercy that I'm requiring from your heart because you've said I've made a vow to God and I'm going to give. Do you do that with your Christian life? Do you make promises that override what God really wants? Do you make promises or feel so much under obligation to do the right thing that of what you think is the right thing that you start to give with bitterness? You start to give grudgingly. You start to serve unwillingly. You start to serve with a, a heart that is actually against what God wants. So you're doing all the right things. You're serving. You're giving. You're you're praying, you're reading the word of God, but all the time your heart is far from God. Can I tell you right now, when the boy brought that little offering to Jesus to feed 5,000 people, he did it with a heart that was open. He did it with a heart that was willing. And he said, here is what I have, take it. What did Jesus do with that? What did God the Father do with that? He multiplied it to feed everyone. And you know what? I'd rather have one cent given to this church or to God's cause that was given with a heart of graciousness, love and care because that's what God can bless. And not only that, God will bless you for that. Things that are given that are, that are out of a hardness of heart, out of an obligation to do. If you're at church this morning because you're obligated, what a waste of time. You shouldn't have come this morning because all you're going to get is bitterness and anger that you had to be here because the law says I have to be at church. If you gave an offering this morning and it was like, I don't want to give this, should have kept it in your pocket. Doesn't belong in the house of God. Doesn't belong here. If you came to serve this morning and all you wanted to do was complain and whinge, don't. Go away. Go somewhere else. Sounds heavy, I know, but what I'm trying to do is show you through this magnification that the things we do have to be led by the Spirit. They have to be of a heart that is connected to God or else they're just dead, they're useless. God can't do anything with it because it's seed that is wasteful. That sounds really heavy, and it is. 
Because the problem is when we start to live out of that obligation, the legal requirements, the traditions of man, we are going to just totally quench the Holy Spirit in our life. What does that mean? When the Bible says quench the Holy Spirit, you are going to stop the divine influence on your life. Stop the divine influence on your life. Or else you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. You're going to make him sorrowful. You're going to make him retreat from active participation in your life because you have stopped him working. And the beautiful thing about living life in the Spirit is it frees you from those obligations. It frees you from the opinions of others. Because as you walk with God and you listen to the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead you and He's going to guide you into all truth, to the things that will give you life. I'm going to read from Romans 8, if you just listen now. Life in the Spirit. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus died for our sin. Why? He did this so the requirement of the law could be fully satisfied for us who what? No longer follow after our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit of God if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you'll die but if through the power of the Spirit you, are put to, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And it goes on to say that he's called us children and has spirit, joins with our spirit and lets us know we're God's children. But you see, if I live my life under obligation to a law or tradition, I'm not necessarily going to be doing what God wants. 
But when we listen to the Spirit of God, what does it promise us? Life and peace. The Spirit of God will not show you the wrong way. And think about this life controlled by the Spirit. You're at home with your wife in an argument. But you're yielding yourself to the Spirit. And the Spirit of God says, you need to go and apologize. Maybe you shouldn't have raised your voice like that and been so angry. You go and do it. Or you can listen to your flesh, which can justify everything that you're doing because it comes from a foreign land, not of the kingdom of God. And people, if we start to learn how to commune with the Spirit, well, how do we do that? You've got the Spirit of God in you already. The Bible says at the end of John that when Jesus was with the disciples after he was raised from the dead, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That is on salvation. But then Jesus also says, which is very strange, even though you've got the Holy Spirit, wait. If you look in Acts, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that was different. The Holy Spirit filled their lives and they're filled with power. So you have the Holy Spirit, but listen, there's an experience of much greater depth that you can go into to be filled with the Spirit. Not just have him just living in you and you, you sometimes communicate with him, but to be filled with the Spirit, and that can only come when your life is yielded to him and when you say, yes, I'm going to listen to your voice. And isn't it wonderful that God gave us his Spirit to lead us and guide us? Because when we're making the decisions of life, and some of them aren't in the Bible, God, should I marry that person? Yes or no? I'm going to seek you and let your spirit speak to me. Or is it whatever, I'm just going to do what I want? I'm not going to listen to the spirit. Can I tell you right now, whatever decision in life you're making, should I work? Should I not? Should I stay in this job? Should I not? Should I go to connect group or not? Is, is it that I just don't want to go because of my flesh, but God's spirit is actually overriding that and he's saying, yeah, you need to go tonight. And you go and it's a blessing. Should I go to connect group because I feel obligated, but God's spirit saying, no, you need a rest. Can you see how there's sometimes no clear answer except for from the spirit of God? Sometimes it will be fighting against our flesh not to do something, But we say, Lord, no matter what, do you want me to do this? And he says, yes, and you go and you're so blessed. Or is it, should I stay home, even though I really want to go, for for whatever reason it is, and God's saying, don't. Back when um, I lived in Gumnut Way in Palmerston, we used to have a little men's group that met. Well, there's one guy there who had sort of been there, he was very fringy and he hadn't been coming to the group. What we did was we actually fasted for him one week. We decided as a group, we're going to fast for this guy and we fasted and we prayed and we believed for him. On that Sunday, one of the guys in the group woke up and he said, I'm not going to church today. I feel like I shouldn't go to church today. I'm going to Nightcliff Pool. Guess who was there? That exact guy who connected with him and he was brought back into fellowship. Is that God? Sounds like God to me. But it's being led by the Spirit, not just your desires. It's 
God, what do you want? And this morning, we're just going to take communion. And what I want you to do is really examine yourself and say, am I listening to what the Spirit of God is saying? Or am I so caught up in the traditions that I can't hear him? Or am I so disobedient that I'm starting to quench him or grieve him? Because wisdom is fantastic and the word of God is wisdom and the spirit of God will always agree with the word of God. Has to, because they're one. But Jesus summed up the whole law like we said in those two commandments. Love God, love others. And they are the two commandments that he places above everything else because there is no other commandment really apart from that. We've talked about it before, but if I love God, am I ever going to do the wrong thing willingly? Decide in my head I'm just going to rebel against him? No. If I love others, then I'm going to harm them in any way? No. Never, not once, will I harm anyone. And so we need to be careful that we don't, we don't want to get to a point where we're just saying, I'll just do what I want. And there's no condemnation in that because there is. It says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and walk after the Spirit. They walk after the Spirit. That is where you find your cleanness. That's where you find your freedom. That's where you find your ability to serve God with a heart that is so pure. And not only that, that's when the kingdom of God will start to grow in your life in an amazing way because you're not walking a guilt-ridden Christian life. You can't because you're following after the Spirit. And so our battle is now how do we get that to that place where our flesh is not dominating us and our mind is not dominating us because I can tell you the truth today is that they can't if you walk after the Spirit. They just can't. And as a person who is a new creation, who is born again, that has that same Spirit of God living inside of you, if you connect to that Spirit, there is nothing in this world that can bind you, that can hold you in slavery, that can keep you from being all that God wants you to be. So this morning, I'm asking you right now, as we take communion, if we could hand that out, we're going to use this time to just reflect because I'll tell you right now, when, we, when we're dominated by the flesh, we'll fight, we'll argue, we won't even consider what God wants. And now, guess what? Sometimes our old nature takes over. So how do we get over that? We'll say, sorry, God. Sorry. I'm going to get back onto that path that you have. And the Spirit of God will always make you make wise decisions in whatever area of your life it is. Fantastic decisions. Because what God wants for us is best. The Spirit of God is God living inside of us, the same Spirit of Christ living inside of us. Is he going to harm us? I don't think so. 
Is he going to steer us wrong? I don't think so. Why do you think it says the Spirit brings peace? Because what the Spirit says to you is exactly right for every situation. Because when you say, I just need revenge on that person, when you start to listen to the Spirit, the Spirit will say, no, you need to forgive them. And I will have revenge, says God. Leave it to me. It's not up to you. Being submitted to that spirit is such an amazing life. So when you get that cup and the bread this morning, I'll stop talking for a little bit. Just have a little think. And if you think in your life that maybe you're not submitted to that spirit, Or maybe you don't even ask God about anything. You've just decided I'm living this life and I don't need a crutch. What a fool you'd be to neglect that the God who made the universe has given you an ambassador inside of you that tells you how to act in that new country that you live in. And another word for the Holy Spirit is advocate. In a legal sense, it's like if you're in trouble, you go to a lawyer who knows the law that can show you what it actually says.